You are listening to the Hill City Church Podcast. Our mission is to become and make disciples who walk with God, connect with people, and impact the world. So, here's the interesting situation I find myself in right now. We're supposed to cross this mountain pass up there, but... There's like a lightning storm and there's been multiple strikes on the mountain and fires have started. So I've got like seven miles left in my race and I don't think we're gonna finish it. I think we're gonna have to actually go down and try and get into the valley, just kind of bushwhacking. So um, I guess if we don't make it out, let Amanda know I love her and the boys. (laughs) Man, I should have updated my will. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I made it. <laughs> um, and I have, in fact, updated my will since then. I found out one of our kids' volunteers is a notary, so I worked out, worked out just fine. My stamp collection is still up for grabs, though. Still waiting for that and the Beanie Babies to really come back around, you know? Anyways, have you ever been lost before? You know the feeling? That sinking in your stomach realization that you are nowhere near where you thought you were. It'd been hours since we had left the trail behind and we were making our way down into this valley over slippery streams and loose rocks. The last rays of sun had just disappeared behind the mountain, which is when I realized I'd left my jacket at the last aid station. And I started doing math, which was never my strong subject in school, and I wasn't exactly thinking straight after 53 miles in the mountains. How long had it been since my last drink of water? Too long. How many calories did we have between the three of us? Not enough. How much further did we have to go? I had no idea. And every step we took deeper and deeper into the wilderness and the unknown, the quieter and quieter we got because no one wanted to say the words out loud. I think I'm lost. You've been there before? Maybe you were out on a trail and it just disappeared or your battery died on your phone before you arrived at your destination. It's terrifying. It is a awful feeling. But we can be lost in other ways than just missing a trail marker or a road sign, can't we? Years go by, we wake up one day, and we don't recognize the person in the mirror anymore. And when we can't numb or ignore the feeling that something's missing, the questions come back and haunt us again. How did I get here? Who am I? What's my purpose? And we don't wanna say the words out loud because we're afraid that we're true. I think I'm lost. It's a quote from one of my all-time favorite movies, Unbreakable, from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, we quote Samuel L. Jackson in church from time to time. And um, it captures this, this feeling perfectly. He says, do you know what the scariest thing is? To not know your place in this world, to not know why you're here. That, that is just an awful feeling. And today, if you woke up feeling like something was missing, something was off, something's just not right in your life, 
Jesus offers you directions today as we continue our simple gospel series. Let's see what he has to say. And Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And if you're not familiar with this passage, you might be wondering if the Bible is capable of typos right now, or if Jesus had a little too much communion before he said this, as this doesn't seem to add up. Like, I know I'm not good at math, but I know that doesn't seem like the right variables for the equation. This is a little backwards, isn't it? Where we say finders, keepers, losers, weepers, Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Finders, losers, losers, keepers. This flies in the face of everything that we see on social media, of everything we read in self-help books, maybe even what we've heard from well-meaning counselors. I had a friend who just received the following advice from their therapist, do not deny yourself any pleasure or desire as long as it's not illegal. We talk a lot about finding ourselves in this day and age, right? And Jesus says, you wanna find yourself? Deny yourself. Interesting strategy. But let's take a moment and take a step back. Isn't it a good thing that what Jesus offers here, that Christ's strategy sounds different than all the other advice that we are hearing in the world? Because let's be honest, we've tried it. We've been down the wide path and we've ended up even more lost than before. See, every, took, every step that we took deeper and deeper into this valley, the more off course we were getting. And even though we had the illusion of forward progress, we were actually getting more lost. Sometimes the quickest way forward is actually to go backwards. And here, Jesus flips the script. Finders, losers, losers, keepers. If you follow Jesus, you'll know you're following Jesus when you find yourself going against the flow of traffic. So what does it look like for us to lose our life? Well, Diedrich Bonhoeffer famously once wrote, when Christ calls a man, he bids him, come and die. Probably won't see that plastered outside of many churches. It's a hard way to get people in the front door. But Bonhoeffer, he didn't just write this from safely within his study. He lived this from within the concentration camp where we find him before he got hung. And when Jesus told his disciples, pick up your cross and follow me, many of them would pick up literal crosses like Peter, and they would die just like their master for their faith and for the gospel. For the next hundred years after Jesus spoke these words, the early church was faced with one of the fiercest persecutions that the world had ever seen, with Christians being lit on fire to illuminate the emperor's garden, being torn apart by lions in the Colosseum for public entertainment. This was socially acceptable, but that probably won't be the case for most of us. Losing your life probably won't look like it did for early Christians, for you. In fact, the word that Jesus uses here for life is the same word he uses for soul in the very next verse when he says, for what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give 
in exchange for the soul. You see, life and soul here are interchangeable. You could accurately translate our passage that whoever seeks to save his soul will lose it, but whoever loses his soul for my sake will find it. He's not just talking about your physical, biological body here, is what I'm trying to say. He's talking about all of you, everything. Not just your weekends and your holidays, not just your 10-minute devotion in the mornings or the tithe that you give. He's talking about everything. This is the love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength kind of soul. It's your body, but it's your mind, and it's your emotions, and it's your money, and your career. It's your life. It's all of you. See, when we get an offer, a pop-up on our screen, a knock at the door, we always are asking the question, what's it going to cost me? And Jesus is very upfront with his expectations. It's going to cost you everything. He doesn't put it in the fine print or bury it in the user agreement. He plasters it in big, bold letters. If you want to follow me, you will have to give up your life. But would you hear the invitation in his question today when he says, but what good is it for man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? He says, yeah, it's gonna cost you everything, but it's going to gain you the only thing that matters. This is what Paul talks about when he says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is the first kind of life that Jesus gives us. You remember what it was like for you? When you first came out of the waters of baptism, when you first took those first steps in your new life in Christ, do you remember that feeling? We talk about losing your life here, but let's remember what, what we gained when we gave our life to Jesus. If it's been a while, I wanna jog your memory by showing you this clip from our Church in the Park event a couple of years ago. I watched that on my, my bad days at <laughs> work. We can forget sometimes how good it is, the life that Jesus gives us. We get so focused on what we're holding on to that we forget what he gave us in exchange. You see, when we give our life to Jesus, Jesus gives us something so much better. He gives us eternal life. And maybe, maybe this morning you've never experienced that. Maybe you felt lost for a little while. And I gotta tell you, I've seen a lot of people go under the water and there's just no comparison to the look of joy on their faces on the other side. It's the feeling of being found. I remember after hours of rock climbing in the dark, it was like one in the morning, we finally came across the trail again. And I'm a grown man, but I broke down crying when I saw something man-made at the last aid station in the, di in the distance. Because in a single moment, all of the fear and the doubt gave way to hope. That is what it's like, to the feeling of being found. And you can have that today. See, when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, he leads by example. He did it first. He picked up his cross and he dragged that splintered tree up a hill through insults and whips and spit 
and delivered it to men that nailed him into it and hung him up until he ran out of air or blood or both. But it wasn't just a man that died on a cross. It was a perfect man. It was the God-man Jesus. And that means he was able to take your sin with him onto that cross. And if you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus, you can let go and you can take the leap and you can trust him today. You know, Peter gives us this beautiful picture of us handing our souls, putting our souls into the hands of a loving creator when he says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. God gave you your life. Are you willing to give it back to him? First, we've gotta learn to let go. We ask all these questions to God. We demand that he tells us who we are, like, what am I? What am I here for? What is my purpose? And the whole time he's like, just give it here and I'll show you how it works. Have you ever done this with a kid before? They're trying to stick batteries in something that's probably gonna electrocute them. You're like, just give it to me, quick. Like, let me show you. I know how this goes together. As Jesus is, is looking to us, we're asking who we are. He's like, just hand it over. I know how you work. I made you. I get it. Have you ever considered that maybe the person actually standing in your way to you finding who you are the most is you? Because we are just holding on too tight that we won't let go of our life. And so Jesus can't tell us and he desperately wants to. Deny yourself, lose yourself, then you'll find yourself. It reminds me of when I first started taking my boys to the swimming pool. You know, they'd stand on the ledge and I'd be down in the water already waiting for them with my arms open like, come on, I won't drop you, I gotcha. Like, just, just take the leap. And they get up, they get up right to the edge, they dip their toes in and run back a little bit when they feel how cold the water is. And, you know, second attempt, they get really close. You gotta stick the butt out and they would lean as far forward as they can just trying to touch my hands without actually having to jump off. We do that with God. And he's in the deep end. He's like, come on, I gotcha. I know it's scary. It's gonna be uncomfortable. I know the ledge is safe, but the water is exhilarating. And I've got an adventure for you out here that you can't even imagine up there, but you gotta let go. And you gotta join me. Man, what are you holding on to? Is it career? Is it money? Is it security? Is it safety? Is it comfort? Is it the idea, the plans you've already made that you're not willing to let God interrupt? What are you holding on to? Because our purpose begins when our self-reliance ends. We gotta let go. And that is when God hands us the second kind of life. Not just the one that starts in heaven, but the one that starts here and now. See, he doesn't just save our soul, he repurposes them. It's pretty cool. I remember I had a conversation with a friend of mine. They had just recently given their life to Christ and they were really upset about it. Because of all the lost time, they felt like in a lot of ways they were starting from scratch. Like all these wasted years, what was I doing? But that's the beauty of redemption is God 
He doesn't just erase your sin. He doesn't erase your life with it. He redeems your life. He repurposes it. One of my favorite writers, C.S. Lewis, was a writer long before he was a Christian, but you won't find much worth reading from those early days. And yet, when he found Jesus, this guy started pumping out new books like every month. Like, he couldn't stop him. He was being published everywhere and now has some of the greatest literary works out there for our enjoyment. And it's not that when he gave his life to Jesus, Jesus was like, oh, you were a writer? Now you're a geologist. (laughs) It's like when he gave his life to Jesus, Jesus handed it right back. It was like, this is the way it works. He found his muse. Now he had something worth writing about. And one of my favorite quotes from him, he says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And true to form, he didn't start writing the Chronicles of Narnia until he was 53. See, when we give our life to Jesus, Jesus gives us our purpose. Suddenly our past comes into perspective. He's the fulfillment of everything that we've been through, everything that we've done. Now it all makes sense. He brings new passion and interest into our hobbies. Suddenly our our job that seems so mundane and ordinary one day is now teeming with purpose. Your deepest scars become the source of someone else's healing journey. Your hobbies aren't so much about collecting things as connecting with people. When you give your life to Jesus, Jesus gives you your purpose. Francis Chan said, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. When was the last time you experienced discomfort or inconvenience, maybe even danger for the sake of the gospel? Would you describe yourself more as a creature of comfort or a daredevil for Jesus? See, most of us spend the majority of our lives in this space called our comfort zone. These are the circles of comfort, and this middle innermost circle is one we know all too well. It's probably not too difficult for you guys to think of the kinds of people, places, and things that you fill the space with, right? The Snuggies, your Guilty Pleasure YouTube channel, mashed potatoes and gravy, Velveeta macaroni and cheese, that butt groove perfectly worn into the Lazy Boy sofa that you love. We know this space. We spend a lot of time here. And Let me tell you, there's nothing inherently evil about curling up with a blanket and a bowl of ice cream and watching Love is Blind. (laughs) But you are never going to find your purpose there. You are never going to unearth and discover the life that you were made for in that safe space. This next ring takes us one step outside of our comfort zone. We go here sometimes. We take that step occasionally. This is a place where you meet new people, you learn new things. Maybe showing up at church today was a step outside of your comfort zone. Thanks for being here. We're really glad you came. I think it's, it's gonna be more significant than you know. Maybe showing up at a life group, starting to serve once a month, maybe giving away some of your money are, are the things that you'd find in this space. Here, we're creeping up to the edge 
and we're just starting to get our toes wet, but we're not quite there just yet. This outermost ring is the danger zone. This is where you let go of all you know, and you pray to God that he comes through. Because if he doesn't, you don't know what you're gonna do. This is adopting a child. This is donating a car. This is going into debt, not just to take care of yourself, but to take care of others. This is not just giving God one day of your week, but years of your life on the mission field, moving your country, moving your family to another country to share the gospel in a language you have yet to learn. This is planting a church. Even if you don't have a single day of Bible college under your belt. And let's make it personal for some of you parents in the room. What if your daughter asked you to go on a mission trip to a part of the world that isn't exactly safe or stable? What if you went to a parent-teacher conference and your son's teacher said, hey, your kid is bringing up Jesus too much, it's making kids uncomfortable. Would you tell your kid to pick up their cross? Or would you urge them to safety? What are we teaching them? Where do you think our children, where do we think we learned how to stay within the walls of our comfort zone from? Our children will face the fire one day. That's why we teach them downstairs memory verses like, be strong and courageous. I will not be afraid because God is with me. This is where we find out who we are. This is we find out what God is made of and what he is calling us to. So put on some Kenny Loggins, let go, take the leap into the danger zone and you will find a life like you, you couldn't even imagine. But Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee early one morning and he saw some fishermen along the shore cleaning out their nets and they looked rough. Clearly they had been out all night with nothing to show for it. And as he sees these men, he doesn't just see fishermen, he sees so much more. He sees pastors and leaders and missionaries. He sees Peter the rock, the one he's gonna use to launch his church with. He sees James and John, the sons of thunder who will shake the world with the gospel. And as they finish picking the last bit of seaweed out of their nets, he walks up to them and says, why don't you try again? And they're like, sorry, who are you? Dude, we've been out there all night. If there was something to catch, we would have caught it. And I just imagine Jesus thinking, no, 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 I, I know you tried it on your own, but I don't think you've tried it with me yet. And you can do the exact same thing without Jesus and have very different results than when you do it with Jesus. Jesus says, hand me your life. Let me show you how it works. And he hands it right back to us. And the adventure begins. And so Peter concedes, I don't know, out of faith or out of stupidity, but he's like, all right, well, I didn't have anything else going on today. So yeah, sure. So he unfolds the nets. They kick off from the shore out into the deep. 
And no sooner do those nets hit the water than their boats start to capsize under the weight of their catch. See, before Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he called them to let go of everything that they know and to go into the deep, the uncharted waters. Maybe the reason we're not experiencing the the presence and the purpose of God to the degree that we think we should is because he's out in the deep end calling us into uncharted waters and we're over here in the kiddie pool. This is the life that you were made for, that you were created for. And then the cool thing is Jesus didn't call them and then just erase their past. He gave it a new purpose. He said, you were once fishermen. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And a lot of times when we tell this story, we focus on everything the disciples walked away from. Their boats, family members, friends, fishing businesses. Like, man, that was so brave of them. But can you imagine if they'd said, no thanks, we're good, thanks for the fish. If they put a no soliciting sign on their boats and just went about their day. Man, what would they have missed out on? the miracles that they saw and touched with their own eyes and hands, the authority and the power of the God-man Jesus as they got to have front row seats to the most incredible sermons and teachings the world had ever seen, the adventure of a lifetime that they will go on with the Son of God for the next three years. That's what they gained. When we think about what the disciples got to do with Jesus during his ministry, most of us probably are thinking, I would have given anything to experience that. But Jesus is looking at you right now and saying, okay, are you willing to give me anything to experience me? Give me your life and I will give it back to you to a degree you can't even begin to imagine. I believe that God is speaking to some of you right now, showing you a glimpse of the life that you were created for. Will you listen? Will you follow? It won't be comfortable. It's not gonna be easy. It certainly won't be safe, but will absolutely be worth it. It reminds me of another quote from the Chronicles of Narnia from C.S. Lewis his description of the lion Aslan who represents Jesus. He says, safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. I wanna read to you our passage from today one more time in the message. And as I do, would you close your eyes and would you just picture maybe what it is you've been holding on to And if you are ready this morning to let that go, just place your hands on your lap, open them up, surrender that to Jesus, give him your life. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I will show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? 
What could you ever trade your soul for? Thanks for tuning in to the Hill City Church Podcast. You can find out more about our church at hillcityboise.org. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hill City Boise. We hope this teaching has encouraged you and helps you follow Jesus with everything.